Chapter 50 The Love and the Deliverance Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. Psalm 91, 14 This is one of the Psalms of Messiah, and Satan's quotation of the eleventh verse shows that it was accepted as such by the Jews and by Jesus himself. Matthew 4, 6 Yet it is not, except for one verse, spoken by Messiah, but to Messiah. It contains the Father's proclamation to Him and to men regarding Him, and still more, it contains the Father's assurance to Him of fellowship and protection while dwelling in the land of strangers and enemies. It contains some of the words poured into His ear morning by morning when He awakened His ear to hear as one that is taught. Isaiah 50, 4. For, as man, he was counseled, comforted, strengthened, cheered, and taught of God. The first and second verses are the introduction or key to the whole. In the first verse, the Father, as the Son is about to enter into his mission on earth amid all the diseases, troubles, hatreds, strifes, and conspiracies of this fallen state of danger and sorrow, proclaims, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91, 1. In other words, he that enters into his room, Isaiah 26, 20, or takes up his abode with God in his tabernacle, Psalm 27, 5, will be under the protection of the Almighty. Or rather, we may say that the Father pours these words of cheer into the ears of the Son, making known the secret, the one secret, of the security of creaturehood. In the second verse, the Son, in words of happy confidence, replies, I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 91, 2, emphasis added. Then the Father, from the third to the fourteenth verse, pours into the filial ear words of blessed assurance. Deliverance, security, protection, victory over enemies and dangers, power over evil, angelic ministry. These are the assurances given by the Father to the Son in entering into His awful work in this fallen world. Be of good cheer, for I am with you, is the substance of the assurance thus so fully given. And if ever such assurance was needed, it was then, when the thirty-three-year battle was to be fought with sin and hell. Then in the fourteenth verse, the Father proclaims to the whole world, to men and angels, the grand principle of His dealings with His Son, what He did for Him and why He did it, so that we may know why and what He does for us. Deliverance and exaltation are the two special blessings promised. The reasons for these are, one, He set His love upon me, and two, He knew my name. Let us inquire first into the deliverance and second into the love. 1. The Rescue Messiah was always in danger, and always crying for deliverance. Rescue me, O my God! Psalm 71, 4. How often that word was on his lips! See Psalm 22, 40, and 69. Enemies surrounded him, as Saul surrounded David, and sought his life. Death took hold on him, Our iniquities, he calls them mine, took hold on him. The snares of hell took hold on him. The grave took hold on him. Innumerable evils surrounded him. 
but when he was sinking in deep waters, God sent and drew him out. When uncomfortably pressed on every side, God fought for him and put his enemies to flight. He, the poor and needy one, was rescued. 2. The reason for it. Because he has loved me. God would not permit one who loved him so much to be overpowered. Love like his must be honored. Love like his must not go down before his enemies. God's desire is to be loved, for he is infinitely lovable. He never found one before that loved him as Christ did and could, for Christ loved him with a divine strength. Oh, how gloriously was the commandment fulfilled in Christ when he loved him with the whole of the divine strength, that infinite capacity for loving that belonged to him. God honors Christ's love by granting him continual deliverance. He loved, and he was delivered for his love. Learn this a. That God wants to be loved. He desires the love of creaturehood. He made us to love him, and he cannot be satisfied without our love. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, Matthew 22.37, is not merely a command, but also a thing of earnest desire. God is not indifferent as to our love, nor heedless of our coldness. He asks for love, and he feels the refusal of it. Love me is his message to us. Give me your heart. He gave us his heart when he gave his son, and now he asks for ours in return. B. He is infinitely worthy of it. He is the infinitely lovable and glorious one, just such a being as to command our entire affection and fill our souls. The only question would seem to be are we permitted to love such a glorious being? For if so, then let us pour out the whole fullness of our hearts upon him. Who are we that we should be allowed to love him, indeed, commanded to love him, indeed, punished for not? Loving him. And see, he blesses and rewards those who love him. The crown of life hereafter is for those who love him, and the present blessings of deliverance, support, defense, and comfort are to those who set their love on him. No good thing will he withhold from those who love and fear him. He is their light, joy, staff, shield, tower, arm, and strength. He surrounds them with songs of deliverance. Psalm 32, 7. Let us learn to love him for what he is in himself, and for what he has done and has promised to do for us. Let us love him for his love and for his lovableness. We love him because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. He has set his love on us. Let us set our love on him. God's love to us and our love to Him, is not this the essence of true religion? What poor, empty, shriveled things are these hearts of ours unless filled with the love of God? What a poor thing life is if it is not consecrated, gladdened, and brightened with this glorious love!